everyone. Thanks for joining My Sporting Mind. It's Charlie Webster here. The podcast is all about opening up conversations around mental health and mindset with the help of some leading athletes. We're proudly supported by sportinglife.com, ahead of the rest with 160 years of sporting knowledge and integrity. And I'm so chuffed to welcome one of the best wingers in world rugby to the podcast, Gloucester and England star, Johnny May. Thanks so much for joining us. How, how's things going? Yeah, I think... Um... It is weird times at the moment. You can feel it even in sport, but we're just very, very grateful that we're at least allowed out the house to go into training. We're doing the best we can and we are in a privileged position. So um, it, it adds a little bit of meaning and responsibility to what you do in a sense, because when you get to play, it's always a great opportunity, but there's people watching you at home and that's that's something they're looking forward to doing probably. So um, it makes you think bigger picture a little bit to be a bit more grateful, but it is still weird, but... Um, like every industry, everybody's being adaptive and all hands on deck to try and do the best job we can. Yeah, I think sport plays such a big part, doesn't it? Because I think when when we start to watch um, games again, I think it just gave something people something to look forward to. And with yourself, you moved teams last year. How's that been going? You went back to Gloucester. Yep. So basically, when I signed for Gloucester, I was really excited about that. Um, I was obviously here before, so... It was um, a move I was excited about, yeah. Um, but it was as lock- the first lockdown came in. So I basically had the first whole of lockdown to do my training and pack my house up, really. So everything was really well organised in boxes, labelled, prepared. I'm in the flat that we're in now. I didn't even get to view it because you weren't allowed to view places. But we're just renting this, me and my wife are renting this place at the moment. So we moved here during lockdown and, yeah, made good use of the time, really. Luckily, lockdown came, the first one came at a good time for me because I just fractured my cheek in like one of the last games. It was the England-Wales game, so I had surgery and was out for eight weeks anyway. And then with moving club and stuff, it gave me just an opportunity to recover and have a bit of a rest and get set up and ready for my move. So I made use of that first lockdown. But I think I think back to that now, I don't think anybody thought we'd be where we are now back in March so I'm, I'm just not sure if time's gone quick or slow or what's going on, but I think probably quite a lot of people are thinking like that and feeling like that as well. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. It's interesting yeah. that you brought up um, your fracture of your cheek. How do you deal with times when you're out? I mean, that was a weird one because you had the surgery, but it was almost enforced anyway because it was in the first lockdown. But I know you had a knee injury about five or so years ago. How do you mentally cope with those times where you know, you're not able to do what you normally do. The cheek's a nice injury for me, like, in terms of... Sorry, it's a nice injury. Yeah, because after I had the surgery, I just had to be steady for a couple of days, but I could still run and lift weights and do everything I wanted to do. It was basically a case of I'm not allowed to do contact training for eight weeks, and we couldn't anyway, so it didn't really affect me too much. Uh, the knee surgery wasn't a nice one, being like a winger and speed being important to get your legs taken away from you. Um, and that was a long layoff, like 10, 10 months plus, potentially a career-ending injury as well. So um, that was tough. But I think we've all, in sport, the challenges anybody's going to face at any time will be disappointment through selection or results or injury. And I think at any one time what some in sport, you're going to experience that once at least, um, sometimes more. So it's, it's all part of the journey and the hurdles that, that come up when you least expect them, really. So you just have to learn to come through on the other side and, and learn about yourself throughout that process. It is part of, of sport, but you're also human. So you must have those emotions. And I remember Eddie, reading something where Eddie Jones said, 
earlier in your career, you'd get despondent if you didn't score a try. Was that because you took, you almost, the pressure that you put on yourself, you took to heart? Um, so I didn't even know Eddie said that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, um, I shouldn't have said that. No, no I think, in your career. No, 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 I understand. Like, um, I think there's all sorts of different challenges in life and in sport. Um, and it's a constant learning process. And yeah, I've certainly learned more and more. And, and I think it's a good lesson in life. It's just to focus on what you can control. So the scoring for tries, for instance, that's obviously an outcome. And I'm not necessarily in control of that. I could have a brilliant game and not score a try. And I could have a rubbish game and I could have a, a try that my mum could score. So it's, it's not the be all and end all. And ultimately, just to focus on on my job and what I can control. So that may be a try, but that may not be a try. So just trying to go into a game with a bit of an open mindset, um, just to focus on whatever the situation presents itself. And that's the same with an injury. Like, okay, I can't run right now. What can I do? Okay, I can work on my strength. I can work on my balance. I've got to make sure I eat well and, and get my sleep in so that I recover as, as well as I can. I can put my ice machine on. These are all the things I can do and these are all in, within my control. Let's focus on on those things. And I think... Well, the older I've got, the, the more I realise there's probably less that you can control than, than, than you might think. So that's quite scary in some ways, but that's life. And that's um, that, that those are the things that I've sort of learned as I've gone through my career. I think it's something that a lot of people are, have thought about, especially during this time with the control and not being able to control yeah. things. Um, and it's interesting. Do you feel like you've got to switch your mindset to maybe not think about outcome? Because it's an interesting point you made that we focus a lot on outcome. So, you know, whether you score that try, you don't score that try. Sometimes people wouldn't even reflect on your performance because all they focus on is outcome. Um, Yeah, I think it's human nature to think about the future and goals and what you want out of things. And, and, And to me, they sort of are distractions. They're nice thoughts, but ultimately, like I said, we can't can't necessarily control them so that that's part of like the the mental side of training is to just try and park that thought and think right get back in the moment what can I be doing right now and if you do that that's probably gives you the best chance of getting the outcomes that you want in the first place if you get too distracted by thinking about outcome 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 you'll probably miss a beat in the moment because you're not quite on it so no especially with what's going on at the moment people probably wanting and I'm the same everybody's the same they want to know when this can open and when will we be able to do this and I want to go there and it'd be like ringing a person up who's in a traffic jam saying when are you going to get here when are you going to get here sort of like they'll get here when they get here these things will happen when they happen and as hard as it is it's, it's so hard and I don't think anybody ever cracks it it's just important to try and do what you can right now what's the most important thing do you think you learned during the period when you were out five five plus years ago now and that you've brought into kind of where you are now because you did just say it's it could have been potentially I mean that that knee injury is something that can end people's career athletes career um no I've always been like very diligent and disciplined with like my stretching and my preparation and the way I look after myself physically but once I experienced that knee injury, I had to take it to a bit of a new level in terms of like my rehab had to be bang on. I had to understand what my body needed, when it needed it, how I was going to recondition myself to be, I wanted to come back better than I was before. So um, it made me understand and appreciate just how hard I'm going to have to work thinking that I already was working hard 
I had to take it to to another level, really, above and beyond anything I thought that I would ever have to do. But it's put me in good stead now because I'm, what, 30 years old now and I've looked after myself well, I feel good. And hopefully all of that work will see me pay me back coming into the next few years of my career when I can keep pushing it. How much does visualisation come into your game? I always wonder, do you visualise yourself scoring a try? Because you've become a prolific, incredible try scorer for England. Is it something you visualise? Is it something that's running through your head? Do you fall asleep thinking about scoring a try? Uh, Seriously, though, is visualisation uh, like um, your game? I think, I think everybody each is, each is to their own in terms of what mental strategies and protocols they have in place. But for me to start visualising about things that have or haven't happened yet... That's called sort of what I was just talking about in terms of those thoughts become distractions to me. Right. Um, so as much as I go into a game hoping to play well, and of course it's human nature to want certain things out of a game or want to achieve certain things, I really do try my best to be like, right, part those thoughts, stop that. Right, I'm going into the ground now. What do I need to do? Right, go and drink my hydration drink, get my stretching done. This is what I want to do before the game. When I'm in the game, I don't want to be thinking about, oh, we need to win or we need to... I'm just trying to think, right, what's going on right now? Um, where do I need to be on the pitch? Are we defending? What's the body language of the 10 light? Where's the backfield space? Let me communicate and connect with the people around me. All of these things that just bring me back to the moment. And the better I do that, the, the better I play I, I play anyway, because when I get the opportunities, I'm instinctive and decisive because I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and that's when I'm at my best. Yeah, so it's basically making sure you're in the moment and then breaking breaking those goals down into pieces so you're focusing on what is it I'm doing in that moment to then reach the the bigger goal almost mm-hmm. um how do you deal with pressure are you somebody that that gets nervous in terms of big moments I mean you've had some big moments in your career um again it's all relative I don't know how to compare it to how anybody else deals with pressure um I certainly feel pressure the days of mornings of games I feel I, I feel awful I feel worried anxious um it's, it's it's just not a nice a nice feeling that anticipation of such a big important thing but I've just learned to live with that if that makes sense so as much as it, I I know it impacts me and I feel the force of pressure um I'm used to it because I've done it week in week out and I think one thing that puts me in good stead is that I've always prepared for each game the same so like I'm just as nervous for a Gloucester game or when I was playing in a second team game or an England game to an extent, I've done exactly the same prep and I care just as much about that game as I would any other game. So that's why I think I've been able to manage the growth in pressure rise situations because I've treated every game the same sort of thing. Of course, of course, I know when it's a World Cup final compared to a, another game, but because I respect each game the same and I want to do as well as I possibly can in each game, that helps me prepare for it and be ready for it kind of thing. Yeah, I suppose if you're nervous or you have that kind of feeling before every game, it's not unusual, is it? It's something that it's like, oh, well, that's just what I feel because it's a big game. Does that help almost the acceptance that it's... Yeah, 100%. I've I've sort of accepted. There's certain things you have to accept and and, and that's one of them, like, on a game day. (laughs) Uh, You're going to be nervous. You're going to be you're gonna you're gonna have a strange feeling in your stomach you're gonna be there's an element of excitement as well of course there is um, but there's lots of emotions and anticipation and uncertainty on game day that you just expect to be there mm. um another thing Eddie Jones <laughs> has said about you this is my last one this is a Hang really on. good one he said you're the most professional player that he's ever known and he's worked with how much of an influence has he had on you 
Um, no, it's it, it, funny, like how I spoke about my knee injury in terms of that, that pushed me to a level that I didn't think I could take it to. Eddie certainly has pushed me very hard. <laughs> like I'd come into camp and he, especially in my early days there, he, he'd criticise my strengths. He'd say, I'm not fast enough and I don't score tries and I don't work hard and things like that. And it, it was almost like a sink or swim sort of thing. Um, he puts you under so much pressure uh, and challenges you so hard that there's there's only one of two ways you can go really and it, it certainly has brought the best out of me because I thought that I was quite fast and all right at scoring tries and worked reasonably hard before Eddie was there um, but for him to question those things and to really drive me on those things it, it took me to an uncomfortable place but certainly I think that's where growth happens when you're really really challenged and 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 put under pressure so um the way he's coached me and the way he's pushed me is definitely taking me on that's interesting because like you said it could go one of two ways because you could see that as criticism and it could just completely knock your confidence and you yeah. just be like, oh well I'm not good enough or almost rise to the challenge it seems to have worked in your sense I suppose the fact that it's made you try harder push harder because you know people talk about your speed as one of your assets mm-hmm. but he was like almost turning that the opposite way around how how did you I mean I know that you've you've um I would say how do you react to it because it's made you an incredible rugby player one of the things anyway um but also was there any point where you're just like what <laughs> do you know uh-huh. and, like people don't take criticism really well <laughs> no if, if you'd work with Eddie and and knew Eddie you certainly learn quite quickly that you have to take his criticism on board or else you just won't play. So um, it's, it's not really a, dis- a choice. Eddie presents you with the challenge and you either take it on or you, you won't be there. I think that's um, the position of being a, an international coach is that if you don't like the people who are there, you can bring in new people. <laughs> uh, whereas, at, whereas at club, your squad is kind of your squad. And England's very, very fortunate in terms of we've got so many good players mm-hmm. in every position Eddie can literally challenge everybody to be better and, and pick the ones that, that meet the standard that he wants. And like I said, it's, it's, it's a choice. You either take the challenge on and get better or you just won't be there. Sporting Life has been publishing sports coverage for over 160 years, from being the first published sports newspaper on a regular basis to now one of the UK's biggest sports content websites. Sportinglife.com prides itself on providing readers with exclusive expert insight into the world of sport, all for free. Whether it's opinions, stats, interviews, previews, or live racing results or football scores, Sportinglife.com is the place to be. You can also download the app for Apple and Android devices. Who's somebody else that's helped you and mentored you, mentored you through your career and what's the best bit of advice that anybody's ever given you? Um, well, like my wife and my dad have been, and my well, my mum, they're the people who are there for like the course. Everybody needs somebody to speak on the phone to when you're challenged or questioning yourself or going through a tough time. And that those are the people who have certainly seen me through my toughest times. So without them, um, I think in any, in any, in any elite, performance you need that level of challenge but you also need that level of support without either of them you'll either be too challenged and you won't be able to to take it on or if you get too much support you're not being challenged enough to grow so things like a knee injury and eddie jones and england games and tough premiership games and 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 all of that that's my challenge and the week in week out drive of wanting to get better and then i've got my family 
my dad and my mum, my sister and my wife for my support. So um, I, I need both of those things. Yeah, no, I think it is a fine balance. I'm just kind of thinking yeah. in my own thing. I think you need both. Otherwise, it can be too much if you don't also have the begin you up at the same time as the challenge to make you better um do do you ever doubt yourself because you just mentioned it when you in terms of talking to your family but I think there's a perception when we look at somebody like yourself that you're just this like wow he's amazing um and not realize that maybe there are self-doubts that happen behind the scenes and I think sometimes it helps people to realize that everybody has those doubts is that something that's you know you get yeah, definitely. That's something I deal with. I doubt myself literally all the time, every day. Really? I think that's a big driver for me, the fear of not getting better, the fear of letting myself down, the fear of letting my teams down. That's sort of something that's in me. And it's it's something that throughout my career, I've sort of learned to accept that's how I am. Um, and I've sort of had to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable because it is. if you want to get better and you want to be the best you can be and you want to do great things it's an uncomfortable place to be because nothing's ever good enough. If you've had a good game, you want to be better the next game. If you've had a bad game, you're, you're only as good as your last game. So it is, it's, it's an uncomfortable place to be. It's a lot of pressure, um, but I wouldn't change it for the world because that's what I want to be doing right now. And I feel lucky to be doing that. Mm. Um, but like, like you just said, what comes with that is, is of course there's a lot of worry, but that's a normal thing for me anyway. Yeah, so you've, it's interesting listening to you because there seems to be a lot of acceptance um, about where you are. And would you call yourself a bit of a perfectionist then? Because you uh, create that pressure for yourself each day. Yeah, 100%. I think that's, I'm lucky in, in terms of where I am in my career now, in terms of I have good clarity on the player I am and the person I am and the process that's required. So it's just a case of, of doing it and, and living it and, and, and being there every day. And, and, and I just want to push it as hard as I can for as long as I can, really, because this next few years is, is, is it for me and I just want to make the most of it. What about the praise it, um, that you get? I, I mean, like, all you have to do is type your name in Google and there's lavish headlines about how amazing you are and, you know, are you the greatest England player in that shirt as a winger? You know, is that something you take notice of? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't really allow myself to listen to that sort of stuff or or to read into it too much. I, I, I bet a lot of people can relate to it. It's 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 like the one bad thing would stick out uh, ten times, a hundred times more than any good things. That's certainly sort of how my brain works. So um, I try to like with, with with press and social media and things like that. I try to avoid it as much as I possibly can because I guess I am quite sensitive deep down, and I just don't want to get drawn into all of that. I just want to. I, I just really do just want to have a simple life and work hard really and um do the best I can so is expectation not necessarily a thing from the outside world in terms of you being England's best and what's more to come with I you I think like That's ultimately yeah ultimately like the expectation I put on myself and how hard I am on myself is is greater than what anything else can be and the reason I avoid all those things is because like I said it's just a, a distraction yeah um like there's nothing neutral in this world. So whether you like it or not, something's going to affect you positively or negatively. And maybe if you read all that positive stuff, it's it's false positive in terms of it can make you feel good when you, you should be focusing on something else and exactly the same. If you read bad things or, or come across bad things, they can drag you down a little bit when that's not how you need to be feeling. So I'd rather not get influenced by that stuff and just just clear it from my head. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And just talking to you, and I've watched, I remember watching an interview with you probably about two years ago now, and you come across like just incredibly dedicated, strong person. What do you do to relax and, or or is it rugby, rugby, rugby? I mean, you've got, if people are actually seeing this, because this is a podcast, but we do put it on YouTube, there's like a piano to side of you, but I know that's your wife's. Yeah. So, you know, is that something you all, you know, is there something else that you do as well? Um, it is, sadly enough, it is pretty much all rugby. Um, and I meant that in a nice way, but. No, 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 you're right. Like probably my challenge and, and something I've spoken to coaches and, and people about is, my work on it is probably finding time to relax and switch off, whether that just be watching some Netflix or having a coffee or just doing something non-rugby related is actually, I'm, 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 I can see that there's benefit in that as well. Mm. Uh, in the past, I can definitely be drawn into overdoing it, but especially with my recovery, I want to like, I'm constantly doing stuff for that. And as much as it's brilliant, sometimes I'm learning that I just need to take a break and that would just be something simple for me, like spend time with my wife or my family or have a coffee or watch a film or something like that. But no, I do pretty much live and breathe it. Um, you just said work on. That actually came up in our first season, our podcast, um, in terms of cricket. Um, do you have like work ons then? Um, so like my three, my three things that I work on is like my three, these like, again, my three pillars is like recovery being resilient and refining things so like I, I just want to refine like I, at the stage of my career that I'm at now I'm not going to all of a sudden put on five kilos of muscle mass or put my bench press up by 50% or run 10% it's, it's all about right fine like it chipping away every single day so refining my craft getting a little percent here and there being mentally and physically resilient is 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 incredibly important because of the the way the season is in terms of game after game after game how can you make sure that you are resilient mentally and physically to be able to cope with that mm. um and then the last one recovery is uh, i just feel that is essentially where performance starts if you don't recover properly then you can't really push it in your next whatever that is you can't be the best person you can be going into whatever session it is if you're not recovered from the last one so um like i said my process is pretty set of course it's tweaking and, and there's adaptations constantly um, but that's that's the fundamentals of it so how how or what advice would you give in terms of mental resilience you said as one of your pillars like how can I be mentally strong and resilient because I think it's something that we're talking about more but we don't often talk about enough maybe the mental side of life and of competition and of sport well, every, everybody's got a different ways and, and that's each each everybody's journey to work out what, what helps them the best because everybody's different and everybody's going to need different solutions and help. But for me, the two things that, like, again, you're never going to crack it, but the two things that help for me is A, a focusing on that process and B, just trying to accept accept the things that you can't change and it's like if something doesn't go well or something isn't perfect, I'm, I'm sort of trying to be like it's more, it's more about persistence than perfection kind of thing if you keep at it and keep at it don't get disheartened about when it's not perfect all the time because that's impossible so accept those imperfections but just make sure you keep at it and be persistent focus on yourself and those are the things that draw me back into an environment where I feel that I can control and I sort of can can thrive in that environment is that how you've worked through like low moments then 100% if things are getting overwhelming or there's a tough time it's like right what can I control 
and what do I need to accept? So even for instance, for people with this pandemic right now, mm. you've got to accept it's frustrating as it is that we are not in control of when lockdown opens. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's frustrating as it is and as tough as it is for, for, for and tougher for lots of other people. And I do have so much sympathy for people who have been really affected by it, but they aren't in control of when these lockdown measures get lifted. So just focus on accepting that. And then what can they be doing right now to either make themselves happy or have a positive influence on what they're doing or their families or their business or their life. It's really good advice, I think. And it's so present at the moment. Um, so before I let you go, um, I spoke to a teammate of yours, Anthony Watson, my teammate within the England squad. Yeah. Anyway. And uh, he was, uh, it was quite funny actually telling us about some of the nicknames that Eddie Jones has for him. Does he have any, does, uh, he, does he have any for you? Thank God, no. Um, <laughs> so is this just for him maybe? <laughs> no, there's a, there's a few who have nicknames. Um, and Ant's had a, had a few, but it's, 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 it's a good thing, but it's a bad thing as well. It obviously, if Eddie's given you nicknames and joking around with you, he's obviously fond of you. Yeah. But it's also bad news in terms of you're going to get, you're going to get a bit of banner most days from Eddie and, and quite a lot of laughs to put coach your way. So it, it's good and bad, but overall it's, it's probably a good thing. It seems like you have a good laugh within the team. Yeah. Um, I asked Anthony the same thing. So I'm going to ask, ask you what role, do you play in the changing rooms and what's that atmosphere like? Um, I've got a few roles and I think that's that's what's great about team sport is that you need different dynamics and different personalities and different ingredients kind of thing within your team to get that to get that blend and I'm so so grateful to have been part of the England team because we've honestly got such a good group of guys and that's credit to Eddie in terms of the people that he's brought in he just wouldn't have a bad egg kind of thing in the group. But no, everybody's got a different role and 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 add something in their different way. Um, what's my what's my I guess, uh, what's my thing? I thought you were like avoiding um, the answer then. <laughs> no, so, um, obviously, like I all my recovery and stuff, and and the way I go about my preparation. I think sometimes boys tag along with me and do bits and bobs with me in in that sense, and they respect that, which is good. I guess I'm a bit of a different personality. And I can have I can have a bit of a strange side or a quirky side, and that adds to the group in some ways. Um, mostly people laughing at me, but I can laugh at myself as well. Um, so that's good. I sing the song at the end of the games. Um, I don't know how I've ended up with that responsibility, but Eddie seems to love it, so I better keep doing it. What on your own? No, the boys sit join uh, in. I was going to say. <laughs> I was no, it's not like a solo. Um, <laughs> It's, uh, like a team song um and yeah those are my roles obviously outside of the structure of the game plan which everybody has little little roles they do thank you so much johnny it's been really great talking to you oh, and you. Uh, we, yeah we really appreciate your time and also it's so fascinating to get to get the insight um thank you johnny okay well thank you very much thanks thank for having you. me thanks so much johnny you can check out our previous episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's loads more episodes on their way for you as well. And remember to visit sportinglife.com, providing sporting opinion, debate, and analysis for over 160 years. And remember, you can reach out if you're really struggling. There are charities such as Mind, The Samaritans, and Sporting Mind. They're just a phone call or email away. People do understand, and they are there to help. Or you can just text SHOUT, 
S-H-O-U-T to 85258. And you can also contact me on social media as well. Take care and we'll speak again very soon.